1: Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.
0: Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over
2: 50 years. This is the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Cause you're larger than life,
0: it's how I remember. Get you not my hurt, unless I know
3: that this is a feeling that I want it to go, you you're larger than life.
1: Morena, no my haere my. good morning and welcome along to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. I'm your host Frankie Mackay and between 7 and 8 this morning we will chat all things Canterbury Sports. I'm back on deck this week, a massive thanks to Maniah and Jacob for holding the fort while I was away. It's was meant to be on a nice pre-season cricket trip but instead I was homesick, feeling sorry for myself. But very, very happy to tune in and listen to producer Jacob and Maniah doing so. Such a fantastic job. But on the back of that, you are stuck with me again this week. And, and we're going to be talking a lot of sports, a lot of Canterbury sport as always. But, but sport going on all around the place. And, and rugby really has dominated the sporting week. Canterbury, of course, winning the Whara Palmer Cup, going through the season unbeaten once again. And it provided a really fitting farewell to, to a couple of absolute Canterbury legends and legends of the game. Rugby Park was renamed to Te Haere. Te Ohaere Fox Edge Park which is a little bit of a mouthful but uh, renamed after after two real legends who are finishing up their careers and they got the win so uh, fitting fitting well for them and, and we're lucky enough to just after 7.15 this morning have the chance to talk to one of those legends in Steph Te Ohaere Fox. She'll join us to talk about the final her career, what next and, and give us some thoughts on the Black Ferns ahead of the World Cup. Of course their team recently been named for that. The low, well that's got everyone talking once again Thursday night, a heart stopping affair. We've got George Berry and Brendan Laney. They'll join me on the panel to discuss the ins and outs of that match. And actually the Bledisloe as well has has inspired Frankie's five for this week. I had to put my thinking hat on after how I could top Manaya's Royals inspired fill in five. So after that, uh, I've decided to to watch I've watched the Bledisloe, and I've thought, well, Frankie's five is going to be filled with sporting blunders this week. And, well, speaking of blunders, someone involved with the Jamaican netball has definitely dropped the ball as well. Their series with the Silver Ferns has been delayed until Wednesday at best and shifted to Auckland because the team didn't get their passports back in time. So someone has has missed the boat there. They aren't yet in the country. Uh, but Netboers, how we're going get to get our show started this morning, Tapia Selby Rickett, was good enough to give us some time uh, earlier in the week. This was when the games were, were still going ahead this weekend. This series now starting Wednesday at best. But, but here's the inside word from Silver Ferns Camp to get us started this morning. This weekend, the Silver Ferns are back in action for the first time since picking up bronze at the Commonwealth Games. They take on the Jamaica Sunshine Girls in a three-match series where the Tiny Jameson Trophy will be up for grabs. Ahead of this weekend's matches, we're lucky to have tactics and Silver Ferns sharpshooter Tapia Selby-Rickett join us. Tapia, welcome, and, and thanks so much for your time.
4: Thanks for having me. Now, take me
1: back to, to the Commonwealth Games. It was your second games. How did, how did Birmingham compare?
4: Yeah, definitely um, it was just as tough as the last one. You know, the teams um, every year are just getting better and better. It's not not like it used to be where New Zealand and Australia and maybe England were the top teams. You're you're competing against some really good teams. Even the top six, seven um, are great teams. So um, even though we um, didn't quite, you know, make that that, um, gold medal match, we were pretty happy to come away with the the bronze against a really experienced English team. Yeah, and, and winning bronze, I'm sure there's a lot of
1: emotions that you go through losing a semifinal, having to get up again for that bronze medal match. Have you kind of had the time to, to sit back and, and reflect, I guess, on the campaign and, and how you saw
4: it going? Was bronze a, a good result for the team? Um, yeah, that's like, it's exactly what you said. It's really hard when you have a loss. Um, you really want to make that final and um, you have a loss, and by quite a few as well to Jamaica, um, we weren't really happy with that. But it was really tough to get up for that bronze medal match. But I think we did a really good job of regrouping and... Um, we came out and played a really good game. We played to our potential, I think, in that last um, game. But, um, yeah, we're really happy with the bronze. Like I said, we've had a few losses to England before this. Um, we've had losses to Australia. And Jamaica have been getting better and better every year. So I think we were probably where we were, reflected where we were probably at, at that stage. But we're looking to, um, to, to get better um, for these games and also heading into the World Cup next year. So we'll, we'll be aiming for higher than a bronze, that's for sure.
1: Nice, and I'm I'm hoping you had a little bit of time off uh, between Commonwealth Games, and now what's what's that look like? And has it been nice to to get back into camp again with
4: the girls? Yeah, we actually did. We got three weeks off after the Commonwealth Games, which was really nice after a really big year of A and Z, and then straight into um, pretty much um, international duties and a huge lead into Commonwealth Games. So it was really nice to put our feet up. Some of us did a bit of travel around Europe, stayed over after Commonwealth Games, um, but yeah, it's it's been good to get back and. Get back with the girls and get back into camp and build on what we did because it wasn't that long ago that we were together, so we're sort of able to just um, you know keep that base and hopefully build on it. So we'll hopefully see that um, in the in these games coming up this weekend against Jamaica.
1: Yeah, I hope so too. And and Coach uh, Dame Nolentaro, she's she's come out and said that actually she's probably after a twenty percent improvement, which which to me sounds like quite a lot. But but what are the big work ons for the
4: side at the moment? um i think for us it's being really um you know crucial with how we um hold the ball on attack because all the teams all the international teams now then there's not much ball being thrown away so everyone's really clinical on attack so we have to be even more clinical even though we're pretty good with that in, in the com games we our, um, our losses were way lower than what they um previously have been um and for us it's Trying to somewhere just trying to get more ball Rd, trying to get more ball to give us extra buffer and um, have something to work with. And like I said, it's really hard against some of these ac- really accurate teams um, like Jamaica. They pretty much didn't miss any goals against us in that semi-final match. They didn't throw away any ball. So it's finding ways to um, yeah to combat that and create stuff for us to be able to score off. And and we hear quite a lot about
1: the influence that that your coach has on the group, but. But what is she like? What, what,
4: is, what does Dame Knowles bring to this group? Yeah, she's she's really tough. She Our trainings are all really hard, and that's to be expected at this level. But she's got a really high expectation of us, um, and she pushes us really hard. And it's about it's not about just the um, player, it's the person as a whole. So she wants to make sure that everything, not just the netball side, um, are ticking along. But, yeah, like I said, some of the training sessions that we have with her are are really, really, you're pushing yourself to the absolute max, um, and I think that's what that's what you need heading into international games because it's not easy out there. Um, and I think she just really, what she does is really try to replicate um, in trainings how hard it's going to be out there. And some, actually, sometimes some of our trainings are harder than the actual game. So, yeah, she's just really tough and really pushes us mentally and physically. Yeah, awesome. And and you've got a few new
1: faces in, in your group as well. What what do they bring to the to the Silver Ferns?
4: Yeah, it's really some really fresh players come in. We've obviously not got um, Shannon Saunders and Gina Crampton, who is who our captain and who have been um, leading our tech end and um, really experienced. So having the, the young ones come in, um, like Mila um, and Ally, who have been around in the environment, so they're, they're aware of our structures and they know what we, what we do, um, but they bring some freshness and some, young, some youth into the team. And they've actually done a really good job. They've been training really well. Um, They've been waiting for these opportunities. They've played really well in ANZ um, for, for, the, for a couple of years now, so they're just um, waiting to take the opportunity. So it'll be really exciting to see how they go. Yeah, absolutely. And, and looking at playing
1: Jamaica, are you looking forward to it? Is this a team that you you like to come up against, and is it possibly a, a little payback maybe as well after, after Com games?
4: Yeah, I suppose so. It is. We love coming against them because we don't often get to play against them. I think before Com games we hadn't played against them in about four years. And it's just so different in the style of play. Um, they're really athletic. They're really tall. And they're really unorthodox. So it's not not quite the same as playing, you know, England and Australia who we play quite often. It's something different. So we have to, yeah, we, it's, we have to really be smart about how we create ball or how we attack because, yeah, they're really amazing athletes. So, yeah, we, we love playing against them. I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, they only recently named their, their side as well. And it's got five possible debutantes in it as well. What, what
4: do you make of their side? Yeah, uh, we only just found out about that today. So um, it, it will be quite different. But like I said, either way, it's that style of play, that Caribbean style that they, um, that they bring. It'll still be the same, even though they might not have some of their top players. It's still that same style, and we, it's good for us to practice against that. So, because, like I said, we don't, get, we don't get to play against that Caribbean style often. So, yeah, disappointing that they're not all here, but um, still good for us um, practice to practice leading into... Um, the World Cup next year yeah well it is it's a it's a massive
1: i i guess year coming up for netball there's uh, this series tiny jameson, then you've got a constellation cup and of course all building towards that that world Cup. It's a lot of netball, but it starts off with two two games over the weekend uh, is that is it pretty tough going like what's what what does a day look like leading up to to a game in the evening or well, afternoon games i believe there
4: yeah, it is quite tough, but it's something that we kind of need because we often play, you know, once a week or whatever, t- twice a week um, with A and Z, and then we we hit to these big clinical tournaments where there's back-to-back games. So, I think it is it is tough, but it's good for us to um, to be able to re- replicate that a wee bit. Um, a day, a normal day would be usually we have a captain's run in the morning, um, and then we come back and have some lunch, and it's pretty much rest um, rest time, and then it's pretty much it's a lot of eating actually on game day because we really want to fill up. But yeah, like I said, a training in the morning, captain's run, and just chilling out and then seeing the physio or doing anything that you need to before um, getting yourself up again for, um, for the game. We do a lot of activation and um, mental sort of skill stuff before we head out to warm up to, to get the brains working as well. So yeah, but like I said, a lot of eating and a lot of relaxing.
1: Sounds like a perfect day to me. Look, we're we're looking forward to having some international netball back. Um, Tapia, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck for the Tiny Jamison Trophy. We'll be watching and and go well.
4: Thank you very much.
2: You're listening to SENZ in the home of the Crusaders, in the home of the tactics. Don't forget the Rams and what about the Canterbury Kings, here in Christchurch on 1260 AM. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Brett from Hartley. Morning, Brett. Tee hei mauri ora o te and ira rangi o SENZ
0: Ko Izzy and Kempi te hapu. Tee hei mauri ora. Ko Rui Hemala wa atane, te kau whakahare o Copy. hapu. Ko Pia TAP te whare. R18, please gamble responsibly. Ko Kaboura te together with shaping and Chemist
1: Warehouse. Great savings every day. And Kogan Mobile. New Zealand's cheapest unlimited
4: prepay plans.
2: Izzy and Kempe. Weekdays from 6 on SCNZ. Us Kiwis love our dogs.
0: And they love to race. We also love helping out. So join us
1: here on SCNZ for the Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run. Across breakfast, mornings, afternoons and the run home, we'll place picks each week to try and raise money for their chosen charities. Love the dogs? Love a charity. So listening to breakfast, mornings, afternoons, and the run home on SENZ for the Greyhound Racing New Zealand Charity run. We love our dogs and they love to race. <laughs> <laughs> Tahia Torufa. The Quaddy is as easy as 1, 2, 3, 4.
0: But every punter will tell you it's most definitely not that easy.
1: So thank goodness the Quaddy app helps to make things slightly easier.
0: The Quaddy app now delivers race form and the latest results with SEN track expert Quaddies picks. And you can share your own numbers with mates.
1: Download the Quaddy from your app store and never miss your numbers again. Gamble responsibly.
0: All Blacks experience
1: at Sky City have some very special tours coming up, and SENZ will be there.
0: Join the run home with Beav and Kim as they broadcast live from the All Blacks Experience on Friday, September the 23rd. Join Beav and Kim for a laugh plus meet All Black greats Jeff Wilson and Ian Jones and hear what it's really like to pull on the black jersey. Entry is free. The perfect way to kick off Bledisloe weekend. The run home with Beav and Kim. Live from the All Blacks Experience only on SENZ. Is your horse a fussy eater? Can't put on weight? Has less manure? Anxious behaviour? Or is prone to tying up, Poseidon Equine has the answers. And maybe a pro- enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Your home for all sport from Christchurch
2: and beyond. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. <laughs>
1: Quarter past seven on a lovely Saturday morning here in Christchurch. The sun is out, meant to be a nice day, which of course we all love for the weekend. Started off the show talking a little bit of netball. I had the chance to have Tapia Selby Rickett catch up with her, see everything that's going on in the netball world. I was fascinated actually to see the visa issues are what has kept Jamaica the Sunshine Girls out of out of the country. They're not yet here. That series has had to be delayed. It was meant to start this afternoon in Hamilton. Unfortunately, Hamilton have now lost both of their games. They've had the series that's had to be moved completely to Auckland. Uh, that'll start Wednesday at best. And as well, another series that's had to be postponed is the White Ferns. They were meant to be getting started in the West Indies. They're in Antigua at the moment. It was meant to be... 1.30 in the morning our time. They were meant to get started today, but uh, Cyclone Fiona is on the way, so they are battling some weather there. That series has had to be delayed as well. At the moment, it looks like all the games are going to go ahead, which is great. A uh, long way to go if you're not going to play some cricket otherwise, but that has been delayed. Uh, so, fingers crossed, that weather sorts itself out and, and that series can get going. But from netball, we, we've had we've had our netball chat. We're going to talk some rugby now. There's been plenty of rugby to chat about. Obviously, the bled is low. Has dominated the airwaves, and we'll delve into that a little bit later on. But first up, it's time to talk rugby a little bit closer to home. This Canterbury Rugby update brought to you by Kevlar Homes, a proud partner of Canterbury Rugby, and the Canterbury Women, of course, were once again victorious in the Farah Palmer Cup. And this morning, we're very, very fortunate to be joined by Canterbury legend and recent retiree, Steph Tiohyde Fox. Good morning, Steph. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Morning. Morning. How's it going? I'm good, I'm good. It's It's been a week uh, since since your Canterbury side won 41-14 over Auckland. How, how special was that? How special was it to, uh, I guess, finish up your career with yet another finals win?
3: Yeah, it's pretty special. I mean, most people, I guess, well, not most people, but some people don't get to decide the end of their career and um, I thought it was pretty special um, to be going out with my mate Kenj and to be going out in a final and us. Uh, winning by so much, I guess, was um, just the cream on top.
1: Yeah, was it was a little bit tough to prepare for. I'm, I'm sure there were a few emotions that were swirling around. How did how did you and the team go about that?
3: Yeah, there was quite a few emotions. Obviously, it was um, Kenja's 100 and Pip loves 50. Uh, so we just try to make it as um, routine as possible on the day. Of, so the night before we kind of had, we do um, quite special things, I guess, for those Momentous occasion so we uh, got all the messages from whanau and friends uh, made sure we got that all done the night before and it was quite cool to Connect as a, um, as a team uh, that night before as well and just we had a to cry together and just uh, you know Watch those videos and had a laugh so that was quite cool before we headed into game day
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome. Now your debut was back in 2004 when did you start to think about retirement or, or did you have a moment that you just thought, yeah, it's it's time for me to go now? Uh,
3: I guess for me I had a goal after having my daughter Anatea, um, in two thousand and twenty, uh, of coming back after having a baby and then that first year, two thousand twenty one, I felt like I still wasn't playing um the rugby that I wanted to play, good some good rugby and so I gave it another year and uh at the I guess Coming off the back of club, felt like I had a good season So in my um, head, and I guess I told my whanau that this will be my last year, and then didn't really share it with everyone else unless someone actually asked me, and um, yeah, that was kind of the back end of the season, and yeah, so um, yeah, I kind of decided at the start of the season, I guess, uh, and then I don't know if it made me enjoy my rugby more, but it was probably, um, yeah, the best and the most fun I've had um, in the red and black so it was quite fitting
1: that I went out like that. Yeah, nice nice to go out on top, that's for sure. And and you finish up as the, the most capped Canterbury women's player. Do you have games that stick out or seasons that stick out in your memory? Because there's, there's got to be a lot of special and, and proud moments that have happened in that time.
3: Yeah, I mean, we made a few finals before we actually won the final, so... Uh, but. I guess it's just players I played with. I got to play with like Casey Robinson, uh, Melissa Rusko, uh, and as well as Ken's the whole time, but it's the skills that make it special. I think, I guess, um, the first year we won was pretty special because it was such a close game. Um, We could have, we could have, we could have almost lost that game, but we came back in the last, um, last minute there. And I think the whole time we, we had faith in our team. It was like looking around and seeing the faith and belief in the eyes of the girls that we knew we had it, even though it took us the 78th minute to get it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and you've had, look, you've had some unbeaten seasons in there as well. I think 2019, 2020, now 2022. I think since 2017, your side has won 43 of 46 games. What is it that makes this team so good and, and so special?
3: Yeah, I didn't know that stat. That's pretty pretty amazing to hear, actually. That's pretty impressive, uh, right? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, Yeah, I think that the team, we just work hard for each other. And um, we, you know, I guess, you know, training start at six, skills are there from probably about 4.30, doing extras, making sure um, we're nailing our stuff, uh, making sure our skill set's right so that when we go out there and play, we can do our job. and just believing in each other and uh, I guess getting the right mix for well, the years that I guess we lost we had people who were kind of um, and although it's not a professional sport I guess over the last few years we've made it professional for the commitment and time we've had That those years before I guess girls um, probably didn't give it their all and you know, fair enough they had other jobs and things going on but yeah, we've definitely made it a professional environment now
1: And it's a uh I hear a lot about the culture of this team and, and the fun that happens. Mm-hmm. There's also, I've, I've heard it's a team that goes reasonably hard on on themes for the season. Uh, now it's now <laughs> yeah, it's over. Yeah. Am I am I allowed to <laughs> ask what this year's was? Um,
3: yeah, I, I, I guess I can tell you the past years um, to give you a bit of indication. But uh, yeah, they go hard on theme. Like um, everyone's all in, and uh, you know, every every week we have a new. I guess mantra or um a new goal so it's not the same although there's a over overall theme there's like little goals we have along the way uh so we've had um lion king was one year um we had avengers one year and we had um uh game of thrones was another year too but um yeah this year this year was uh uh kill bill And it was all about uh, revenge because we um, obviously lost the trophy last year. So it was getting our, uh, we call it our baby, getting our baby back. I
1: love it. That's brilliant. Now, the the Black Ferns, that that side's been named recently as well. Uh, Any surprises for you? Do you like the look of of that side that they've named?
3: Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, they've done good. They've done, uh, I guess, I liked how they had a the trial, like how they've gone off the back of FPC. Um, I mean, it's tough to pick any team, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I guess it was a long, long time we couldn't get enough Canterbury girls, even when we were winning in the team. But now it's good to, uh, that the girls are represented in that black jersey um, in numbers. So yeah, but I think I think they've they've got it pretty right. Um, you know, uh, they've been playing some good rugby some of these since. They've got that coaching group um, in there. So, you know, i bet back them 100%. Um, because we're in the black jersey, especially in that home home World Cup. So hopefully they can get the job done.
1: Yeah, the, I guess that, that is a big thing in, in anyone's career is that home World Cup. Do you, do you rate their chances? Do you think uh, they're a chance to be there or thereabouts come come finals 40? Yeah,
3: I think so. I think having that home crowd... and. Behind them will be massive you know they'll get them over the line um even just on the final on the weekend that's probably the biggest crowd we've had and they definitely got us through that game a lot um, with their cheering but I know uh, yeah when we had World Cup over in England and that stoop and their final was packed full of English people uh, it was tough it was tough to um, get up but we you know we' We had that support around with our small we group, but um, I know that with that support of a hometown would be would be pretty awesome. I think they're up there. Um, you know, those Northern Hemisphere teams, uh, England, France, they'll, they'll have to compete pretty hard there. Um, they're a physical team and they're quite um, good as well. They're playing some good rugby in their premiership over there, so um, I think the girls, yeah, just, I think they'll get up for those games and I think they'll give them a better run than their last Northern Tour.
1: Mm. And and your mate Kendra, she's obviously announced that that's going to be her her last run around, her last games. Uh, she's been named. Yeah. I mean, it's her fourth World Cup. Can can you give us a little word on on her and and her career?
3: Yeah, well, she's you know they call her the goat. They don't call her the goat for nothing. She's uh, there's just her knowledge of the game and what she does on and off the field. Um, to you know, like she's a big. Uh, team leader and driver in that black sense, but she is in any team she plays for. Um, she always gives it 110% whatever she's into, and she's always working hard, always um, doing the extras uh, off the field as well. So she's massive, and she was a massive support system for me when um, when I was captaining Canterbury. And yeah, we played a few games together in the black jersey as well. Uh, and yeah she's she definitely earned the most capped uh black students title there and and what a way if she could go out on the high if those girls could get up for her um and you know she's she knows she's got a big job to do as well um but yeah all credit to her she's um i guess for her she for me i'm just retiring from canterbury so i'll play club in that but it's hard for me to give up rugby i love it uh she loves it too but for her she she goes 110 always and I guess uh, for her, she's not really giving up the sport. She'll be doing stuff in the background with her job. So, um, yeah, that's how she's she's going to give back to rugby as well.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. And and I guess uh, I, I did see a little mention that maybe you and her might be uh, getting into the coaching business together. But but what's what's <laughs> next for what's next for you, Steph? I guess for for life after after being a rugby player. <laughs> um, I
3: think. Well at the moment I'm just up at um, the under 18 Māori girls camp um, up here just doing some mentoring with um, Te Rauriwa from our Canterbury team and we're so giving back like that uh, getting in that space and uh, before I start getting qualified to (laughs) try and coach but also just got a um, I just got a new role at Crustridge Rugby my club and uh, I'm the RDM there so just uh, developing rugby and that club space, men and women. So, yeah, as long as I'm around rugby,
1: I think uh, I'll be happy, whatever I'm doing. Oh, that's what we love to hear. It's good to know that you won't be, be lost to the sport and that you'll you'll still be heavily involved, Steph. Look, it's, it's been a fantastic career and, and a huge congrats from us here and a big thanks for your time this morning as well and enjoy the rest of your, uh, I guess, I was going to say enjoy the rest of a rugby-free Saturday for you, but you're uh, <laughs> you're still involved, you've still got the girls to look after. So uh, <laughs> thanks for your time and, and, and have a great day.
3: No, thanks for the corridor and uh yeah, have a good one.
1: And that was retiring Canterbury legend Steph Teohari Fox. And, and that was your Canterbury Rugby Update brought to you by Kevlar Holmes, helping build the future of Canterbury Rugby. Kevlar Holmes, a proud partner of Canterbury
0: Rugby. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Your home for all sport from Christchurch and beyond. You're listening to the
2: Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ.
1: 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Time to head around the grounds, around the region, see what's going on in Canterbury. Look, if mountain biking's your thing, tomorrow morning, head along to Crank It, a children's and women's mountain bike race. It's at Bottle Lake Forest Park. You can get your entries sorted online. For those a little further south... Race Tekapo is actually on this morning. It may be a little bit late to enter that one, but you can head along, cheer the runners on from the side of the race. Kids 3K race, all distances up to 50K. So if that's your thing, it's a lovely day for it. Get out and support some runners. There's plenty of spring racing going on as well. There's eight race meet at Rickerton Park today. Make sure you tune into the Mail Run straight after us this morning from 8am for all the oil there. Omaru also hosting a Group 3 racing tomorrow. SENZ, of course, has got you covered once again. Mick and Greg O'Connor share their best of the day from 11am. And New Zealand favourite race week, Addington Cup Week, is coming up. November eight and eleven on sale at addington.co.nz. Uh, it's time for Frankie's five. That's it. Time for Frankie's five, indeed. Brought to you by South Island Forklifts for all your forklift needs. Look, this week I was really thinking hard as to as to how to follow up the, the Royals chat of last week from Vinaya. and after the Bled is low, I I was inspired that I had to go for five memorable sporting blunders. Maybe not the most positive thing for your Saturday morning, but that is what we've got. Number one, starting us off, netball. Silver Ferns up 34-28 at three-quarter time. A 21-year-old Donna Hagen in the final seconds of the game misses a shot under the posts. There's enough time remaining for Australia to fang the ball down the other end. Sherelle McMahon, Sinks the winner right on full time. New Zealand left devastated, shocked with the loss. An Australia post-match gloating about how they stole that one. So that starts us off number one. Number two, all cricket fans can probably think of this one. South Africa absolutely losing the plot. 1999 semi-final against Australia at Edgbaston. One run needed for victory. Batters Alan Donald Lance Klusner end up at the same end. Donald drops his bat, Australia underarm the ball and they go on to win the Cup. South Africa, they've continued to bottle semi-finals since. Well, number three, it goes to Greg Norman. He should be remembered as one of the perhaps the greatest golfers ever. But it was his collapse at the Masters in '96 that is perhaps most remembered. He had a six-stroke league over Nick Faldo going into the final day, completely fell apart to end up losing by five shots. Well, number four, I go back to cricket once again, and and this is one of the most amazing or bizarre finishes to a game of cricket that you'll ever see. 12 runs needed off two balls. Andre Adams from the Auckland Aces on strike. Graham Aldridge, the bowler. Two balls left, he nails a perfect Yorker dot ball, and then carnage ensues. Big no ball. Andre Adams gets a thick outside edge on it. Leaves six needed. Last ball, he dispatches it into the stands for six. That's the end of the game. Twelve runs needed off the last ball, and somehow the aces managed to do it. And number five, well, I've gone America's Cup. And with that, we all probably know what's coming here. The greatest sporting comeback ever, or perhaps the greatest blunder ever. Oracle Team USA overturned an 8-1 deficit to retain the old mug winning eight straight races against Team New Zealand. Jimmy Spittle was bullish throughout, and Kiwi skipper Dean Barker was left to ponder how the heck did that just happen? A few honourable mentions as well. We can think 2006 Football World Cup final, a famous headbutt thrown in there. Does Bernard Foley, does the Bledisloe Thursday get him an honourable mention? I think it probably does. And to stick with your Bledisloe theme, another one, Jeff Wilson losing the ball over the trial line in the dying minutes of the Bledisloe 1994 So that's it. That's Frankie's five for another week, and we will take a quick break now before we wrap up the show with the panel.
0: Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Your home for all sport
2: from Christchurch and beyond. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ.
1: 18 minutes away from 8 o'clock, we're into the last dash to the finish line now and it is time for the panel, proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark back into Canterbury Rugby. On the back of an epic bledders load during the week, we've got some rugby brains on this week to thrash it all out. Our man on the ground at Canterbury Rugby, George Berry, is joined by our rugby expert, Brendan Laney. Good morning, gentlemen, great to have you both with us a mid-week sold-out stadium in Australia, last-minute finish. How good was that, George?
2: Oh, it was fantastic, wasn't it? That uh, you yeah, I must admit, uh, Frank, you actually nodded off for a little bit between <laughs> when we were up 31-13, because I thought, oh, yeah, now we're all good here. And then I woke up again to some screaming from Tony Johnson, uh, and it was all on, wasn't it? It was uh, yeah, It was a heck of a finish. Absolutely. What a game.
1: Yeah, well, I think... I mean, you probably timed it well. I know a few people who got down to the last 90 seconds. We were down and they actually turned it off. They thought, I'm not. I'm not here to see the Aussies oh, no. celebrating. I'm not going to watch this. So they absolutely missed out. But was it a step forward for the All Blacks, Brendan? Is this a, is this a step in the right direction?
0: Well, yeah, I can't believe you nodded off, George. Holy moly. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, yeah, fantastic effort, really. Um, I, I think people are going to... Take a wee step back and just realise that this this rugby championship is um, extremely close. Um, no one's just going to wander up and, and beat anyone by by heaps of points. Um, and this uh, this um, this bloody uh, Australian side always going to be tough to beat at home. And uh, they proved exactly that. Um, now, okay, we can say that the, the All Blacks aren't playing their best at the moment, but gee was um, what a test match and. And it just shows you that um, you have to be on your game for 80 minutes because um, we were for a while, but we just uh, we took the foot off the, the break a bit. I thought we made a couple of defensive errors and, and the Aussies got back in the match. And and then, unfortunately, we had a referee decision that sort of uh, decided at the, at the end. But you were probably asleep, George. You might have missed it, but did you? I was awake by, was awake by then, Buffett. I was awake by oh, then. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well...
1: Look, it wasn't the perfect last 20, and I, I guess that's something that we've got. We've become pretty used to as All Blacks fans. We're used to seeing uh, a pretty well-oiled machine that we know the teams get tired and fatigue a bit. That last 20, we're just able to put the foot down and, and cruise our way almost at times to victory. But whilst it wasn't perfect, is it actually? Uh, that's a, it's probably a good sign, isn't it, George, that, that, yes, there was a little bit of luck there, but finding ways to win, even when it's not going perfectly, it's, it's good signs.
2: Oh, that, that part's extremely important. I guess what it does show as well, though, is the influence of a lot of kind of Kiwi expertise right around. You know, you think about Dave Rennie and what he's done with that Wallabies team. That Wallabies team is way better than it was you know, five, six, seven years ago. And uh, full credit, you know, there's a lot of chat around that Wallabies team that, uh, about the loose forward trio. You know, Pete Samu spent a heck of a lot of time playing over here for Tasman and for the Crusaders, and he's taken a lot of that knowledge and sort of hard-nosed approach to himself back to Australia, and, and that rubs off on everyone else around him. And then here, I reckon it's a big showing at the moment just how much depth we kind of don't have. You know, for a long time, we had sort of sturdy guys you could put out on the field and the bench really made an impact. You know, you got on top of a team after 50, 60 minutes, you brought on the bench, and then all of a sudden there was a big lift in intensity, and the game, you could take the game away from the opposition. At the moment, we just don't have that. We don't have, you know, we've got kind of. 17 or 18 really first choice kind of guys but we just don't have the rest of it that can really crank it up and change the game and I reckon that's a, a little piece that's missing for us at the moment. You think about Anton Leonard Brown and Jack Goodhue and, and maybe a Blackadder or, or you know, hopefully at some stage it'll be a Cullen Grace and those sorts of guys that can, can help really change the game for the All Blacks but mentally I think that was a big shift for uh, those guys that were out on the park the other day, you know, especially a guy like Brodie Retallick can come on and just help keep things going there's a couple of young props that are coming out you know just really trying to shift the game and and if they can get a win and get a couple of wins well that'll that'll serve New Zealand rugby um all the well going into the future that's for sure
1: yeah well winning it's a habit as well you you actually have to you have to learn how to win those close ones and once you do you have that confidence that you can you can actually keep doing it and that that you're going to win the close ones but you mentioned a little earlier defense Brendan what what is going on with this with this All Black
0: side? Yeah, well, I, I look, I totally agree with, you with the old um, winning is habit, isn't it? Think you did right. Um, look, I <clears throat> was sitting with a with a good friend watching the game, and he was an outside back as well. And and I just look, I, you can't blame the individual player in particular. Like Caleb Ralph had a very good game, but um, I just thought there was a couple of times he rushed up out of defence. And um, that's a golden rule as a winger. You just, you just don't do that. Um, unless you're 100% sure you can make the tackle. Um, and the twice that he did it, or the two times he did it, um, they scored twice, and they got Aussie back in the match. Um, one time, okay, I'll give him the jury. he possibly failed a wee bit alone, and he made a decision. But those decisions and test matches are going to be bang on, otherwise you get found out um, you know maybe in in lower grade um, rugby, you know, um, you 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 can yeah. cover that up, but in test match rugby, you just it's just ruthless. You just don't. And um, I thought two of those decisions were were made and um, and didn't come off. And and, and, and you know, it, it's gotta kind of come down to a defensive pattern. And if uh, if they're playing a certain defensive pattern, then yeah, I've got to, I've probably got to sit back and I'll, I'm a 49 year old man, sitting so on the on the couch watching, but you know, like I just thought, there was two defensive laps that, that um, were decisions that were made that were made and that were poor, and 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 it was fourteen points, and, and it got Ozzy back in the match.
1: Yeah, it did
2: it was a big, that, big. Swing. That's, that's the difference. Sorry to interrupt, That's the difference. Buff, isn't it? Like not having uh, Anton Leonard Brown or a Jack, especially a Jack Goodhue or someone like that. You know, go back a few years, a Conrad Smith, someone that really controls that defensive backline. That that's what's missing in the ABS at the moment. Oh, I
0: agree. I totally agree. And and it's um, you know no disrespect to to Owani either. He's still learning his trade at centre. He's got a lot to learn. I, I personally think he's a winger himself, um, and probably one of the best best around when he's when he's on form. And he's been put in the centre and we're trying to make him a centre at test level and it just doesn't work. Now, I understand that you've got like Civanton who's probably um one of your first picks, um uh, who are out, so I get that. Um, but uh I just think that um you know there's a few tweaks in that on that hopefully we might see this weekend, guys, and, and we see just purely through injury, really bad luck uh, and a real dog act for, mm-hmm. by one of their locks um, um, to um, that we might see a couple of tweaks this weekend. Do we see Roger, two of us, yeah. a do we see um, Barrett move into 12? Um, do, uh, hopefully we, uh, this is going to sound a bit bad, but hopefully we do and we see Jordy, um, uh, Will Jordan back at fullback, because he's our best fullback in New Zealand. Um, so it's going to be interesting what they do with that uh, back line this weekend. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they actually do too, who they do pick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. George, you, you got any thoughts on what you'd like to see? Are we definitely in the Will Jordan's got to have 15 on his back? And, and what is that midfield looking like?
2: Well, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, Will Jordan is uh, it's one of the best on the park and you only give him half a park to play on uh, jamming him on the wing so uh, yeah, absolutely I'd have him at fullback and yeah the interesting one yeah, where does Braden Enor fit in can he slide into that back line in at centre but I guess the other question for him is he hasn't played a lot of rugby for a while um, You know, he came home from South Africa the other week and said you know, I haven't played rugby for eight weeks, uh, and then he's had two half games for us at Canterbury over the last couple of weeks, so you know, we're probably 11 to 12 weeks deep now that he's only played one full game of rugby, if you look at it at that point, so yeah, you know, I'd probably be inclined, as, you know, as I hate to say it, because I'd love to see him play more and more rugby, but perhaps it's back for us at Canterbury for a while to, to get a bit more confidence and know what's going on um, but uh, yeah, maybe it is Geordie in at, at, um, at 12 and, and crank things up a bit or, or just play real caution to the wind and, and mix things up, maybe it's a, a real crazy thing to to even run Richie out at 12 and, and Bowden in at 10 or something like that to see what happens and, uh, and really change the game but yeah, I suspect that we won't see Havili back for a couple of weeks. He'll have a 10, at least a 10-day stand down due to that head knock anyway. Um, and that's to say if he's not having any uh, concussion symptoms. So, yeah, there's definitely some changes coming in that midfield.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It will be fascinating to see what that looks like and whether it is Roger Tuivasa-Shek whether he does get uh, the nod to get in there. It's you know talk about time running out for for World Cup places. He, he probably is, is itching to get out there and, and have a crack. But but we talk World Cup and, and we've actually got women's World Cup. It's coming up quick. It is just around the corner. The squad named last week. Well, what did you make of it, Brendan? Was there were there surprises in there for you?
0: Uh, no, I don't think there was really. I think the girls have been working really hard. They've had a group of, group of girls who have been you know, <clears throat> working hard for quite a while now. Um, you know, obviously Wayne Smith and the coaching crew um, have uh, taken over and, and they've tweaked a few things. I, I went and watched the Test match here against Australia and it was a fantastic effort for the girls. They played really, really well. Aussie um, probably got a bit of a shock as to how good they did play. Mm. Um, but then once again, when they went back and, and played in Australia, it just shows you a week's uh, a big thing. And, and the Aussies played extremely well as, uh, and, and got back into the test match. So <clears throat> I think the World Cup's going to be really exciting, isn't it? Um, you know, teams from all over the world. We've got the England team that's <clears throat> probably one of the favourites. And um, and the thing is, we've got them on our home turf, which is just great for for the Black Ferns, who who will just be champing at the bit to have... Um, family, friends all sitting in the stand and and I hope, uh, I really do hope New Zealand get out there and and get behind the girls and and give them heaps of bums on seats and and enjoy um, what will be some some really cool rugby to watch and uh, it's just fantastic. We've got the opportunity to, to host it here in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a it's a massive experience for for those women involved as well. Such a such a special time to get to play a home world cup. So I couldn't agree more that I hope people turn out and support them and and get right in behind them. But but George, you you see a lot of the you see a lot of the rugby that gets played. You see a lot of the Farah Palmer Cup. Are you, are you thrilled to see so many Cantabs in that side and and could we have perhaps had had another one in there as well?
2: Yeah, I think in full respect to Wayne and um, and Crono and everyone else that's, that's coaching in there as well, I think they've got a clear remit as about this World Cup and to win this World Cup or do they, you know, to make the top four of this World Cup and uh, you know, really restore some pride, I guess, in that Black Ferns jumper. Had they looked further ahead, you might have seen someone like Grace Steinmetz uh, get the nod. You know, she only debuted a couple of weeks ago, but I think she's very much a, a longer-term project and someone like Portia Woodman and, and a couple of those other sevens uh, sisters that have come back and sort of put their hand up for it have, have probably bumped her out another one would be someone like Sarah Hidani out of two, obviously the captain of the, the sevens team as well you know, is she a longer term pros- prospect absolutely not but she's got a lot of mana and a lot of culture about her and, and will really help drive those things within the team so I, I think from that perspective potentially we have got the balance right of the squad looking at it purely for this World Cup but absolutely moving forward uh, you know, would have loved to seen a few more there. The other one, I feel really uh, sad for, is, is Grace Brooker. You know, she's an outstanding player, an outstanding human, and she's just unfortunately still on the injury shelf at the moment. But even seeing her again the other day, come out of the gym, and she's really changed shape this year, uh, put a lot of effort, and obviously her knee's been pretty crook uh, with having surgery on that end of year tour last year. And but she's, you know, put a lot of work into her upper body and. Yeah, she's uh, she's going to be a heck of a player when she returns to field too. And hopefully, obviously in club rugby uh, out there at uh, Lincoln next year, and then um, come through the, back through the Canterbury FPC system. But you know they'll they'll be amongst the uh, the Black Fern squad going forward for a long time, I'm sure. Um, but obviously just missing out this time round for this World Cup.
1: Yeah, well, I would love. Love to see her back in the mix. It was good to see her up and, and supporting the Canterbury girls at the the Farah Palmer Cup final, and yeah, can't wait to see her get back on the footy field. But for now, the the World Cup squad has been picked. Uh, it, looks, uh, it looks an exciting one for me. I like the brand of rugby that's getting played. The Farah Palmer Cup was exciting. Always good as well when the Cantabs win that one yet again. But thanks so much to you both uh, for, for all the rugby chat this morning. We could We could go on forever and I'm sure we could solve all the problems in the world. But thanks so much for your time this morning, George and Brendan. And that's us done for another morning here at the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have, and we'll be back same time, same place next Saturday morning.
0: Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply, so visit tyrepower.com.au or call
3: 132191.